The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. the 19th episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somos. I'm the host of this lovely show. Joining with me as always is my good buddy and partner in crime, Floyd Johnson Jr., my man. How you doing? I am doing well. The water's warm, so I'm ready to jump right on in and talk about some wrestling this week. So excited. I'm like, like uh, a couple hours ago, uh, a very short story, a couple hours ago, I was just sitting here thinking, and I ended up tweeting it out, how pumped I am for CM Monk's entrance next week. Now, I, All Out, the Fan Fest, Dynamite, all of that, it's great. But for that entrance, for when he comes out to actually wrestle a match, in, you know, Schaumburg, Chicago, you know, the Chicago area. I am just pumped for that reaction. Yeah, no question about it. I'm, like, still geeked over the fact that as a guy who never got to see CM Punk wrestle uh, during my time as a wrestling fan live, I will be able to see his first match in over seven years live. And honestly, just stoked that, that I even get a chance for that to happen. And... I'm also happy because if you can notice anything different about my uh, audio, by the way, I am currently moved into my new house for my new job, and I'm very happy with that is. Uh, My lovely family has been here helping me get situated and all that. They are currently asleep, which is why I'm kind of keeping my voice a little bit reserved if you're wondering why. But yes, everything is all situated. I'm like looking at my PC, and right above it is my signed all-in plaque that has a piece of the matte canvas signed by the Young Bucks and Cody, and uh, if you hear anything behind, it's just specifically laundry going right now, but I'm just so happy to be situated in this new place. It's been great, and it's it's so funny because now that I'm fully moved in here, literally like five days from now, I'm going to be driving to Chicago again, so that'll be so much fun, and I'm excited for that. Well, Jake Paul and Woodley are about to fight, and I have Who to say, a fuck? I, I, I was going to say, if you are a person that is, I will probably at some point watch a stream of them fight. I will. But if you're a person that is spending your hard-earned money on that fight, I, I cannot talk crap because I do like professional wrestling, but we are different people. We are definitely different people. 
Yes, and hey, at least when I spend money on professional wrestling, I can see Logan Paul get stunned out of his shoes by Kevin Owens. So, exactly. You know, that's better in my idea than seeing Jake Paul try to box, which, no, just no. Regardless, not talking about that. We are talking about AEW. We are just a few short days away from All Out, so we got a lot to talk about. Of course, AEW Dynamite and Rampage were just last week, so we'll go through all of those. Before we get into everything, though, I want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or anywhere else you get podcasts, please be sure to share us with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really means the world when you do that. You can leave a rating and a review. If you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. That would be incredibly generous of you. But the easiest way you guys can support us is through social media. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Be sure to check out all their other podcasts on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Normally, if you type in Austin S-Z, it should pop up immediately. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Getting into our big news of the week, however, is the countdown to All Out Weekend, which is going to be absolutely incredible. Um, I know me and Cindy are going to be getting there early on Saturday for the Heels party which she will be attending i may or may not be joining floyd for the busted open show we'll see how that goes um i'll definitely be taking a look at that um and floyd i believe you said you were going to fan fest i am absolutely going to fan fest and okay i'm going to yeah i'm going friday and saturday i'm a vip on friday so that's pretty cool saturday i bought my uh meet and greets i'm gonna meet ftr uh well it's not for the first time for like the 50th time it feels like but i'll be wearing me and jr will be wearing our ftr shoes so in our stuff so we'll get to see them i'll also be meeting fuego del sol you know oklahoma's own i know he says he's from mobile but that dude worked at walmart in oklahoma city for like ever <laughs> uh, uh then um and then there was thunder rosa and then, of course, um, yeah, we're meeting Thunder Rosa. And then the one I'm actually almost as excited about FTR, I'm going to meet Jay Cargill. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, she's 30 bucks, right? So, I mean, I don't, if you listen to this show and you're going to be going there, dude, that's 30 bucks well spent because they are positioning her not to be good, they are positioning her to be great. That's what they're doing. I mean, yeah, with the floor. yeah, with the smart Mark Sterling and all that stuff. So you, you you're gonna get something for thirty that you'll probably be paying a hundred for in a year, probably a year and a half. You'll be paying a hundred for. So I just think that to me, out of all the ones, I felt like that was the steal. Thunder Rose is only thirty bucks too. I feel like that those are too, yeah. yeah. I feel like those are steals because if you look at how they're positioning them going forward they are going to be featured in the women's division so uh definitely take advantage of that uh there's no personal items this year i i have thoughts but i'm going to leave them to myself uh which mm -hmm. is not something that i normally do uh but it's going to be a fun event everybody's going to get to meet wrestlers and talk to them it's going to be masked i'm pretty sure they're going to have the uh the plastic paint up 
So I just want y'all to know what you're expecting. Chicago did do an indoor mask mandate. So I'm pretty sure that's why we are getting like the new restrictions that you might not have got at uh, Double or Nothing. It's because, you know, you know, health comes first. The wrestler's health comes first. The last thing I would want to do is be the responsible for a wrestler not being able to wrestle during this week by getting them sick. So I understand the precautions as a, as, as a person, as a human, I understand precautions as a whiny fan. Yeah. I I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Regardless. It, no, it, is, it, it is what it is. And I, I, I'm very, you hear me. I'm freely admitting I'm just being a whiny fan. Yes. Oh, sure. Like I, I, I wore my, my mask for a majority of the AEW rampage show at the United center. And it was like annoying. And like, hell, when CM Punk came out, I was screaming so loud, the mask flew off my fucking face. So I had to just hold onto it while I was screaming. But after that was over and I was waiting in line, I had the mask on the whole time. But like for that point, I could not like control myself. Like I was like screaming so loud. It was flying off of my face because my mouth was agape. So I that, get it. And again, that, like <laughs> that's the one thing my friends point out to me that when they saw me on the video, I was the one person still wearing my mask. <laughs> my whole yeah. section wasn't wearing it. And I was the one person that still had my mask on. Well, you were the model citizen that we all tried. I, I, you know what? It's one of those things. Once I put my mask on and if I have it on for an hour, I don't even think about it anymore. Sure, it's just yeah. on. I had it on on for the entirety of the dark tapings. And like I said, once Punk came on, that was the only time I noticed it because I was screaming so much it was actively falling off of my face. But. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was such a moment. I can't. I just like I said, I can't wait to be in there. I don't. I know it's probably not going to be the same, but with the passionate AEW fans in that building that are flying from all over the country, you know what I mean? I just think it's going to be damn near close. Oh yeah. Well, and imagine like people like if you go back and watch the 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 energy for like when C- CM Punk faced Cena in Money in Bank 2011. Like the the match vibe that you're gonna get from that crowd, like just the 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 energy that you're gonna get during the match is going to mirror that, which is still one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time. And to be in a crowd that I think will mirror the crowd that you got from that show is going to be insanity, I think. And I am so pumped for all the other matches on the card, and we're going to go through and do a preview for that next episode, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. But just just imagine that anticipation of, you know, CM Punk versus, you know, with Darby in the ring just kind of staring at each other before they touch and how loud the crowd's going to be. Oh, my God. God. It's Literally, it's going to be the same as, like, when Punk, when the bell rang, for Punk Cena and the crowd erupted. So I wasn't there for I, I wasn't there for Hogan versus The Rock. I wasn't, and you know, like in my years, I don't miss out on many wrestling events. But that was back when I was a broke college age student, and I couldn't go to that kind of stuff. But now, you know, I'm there for it, and I just like I know. Darby's not on that level, but with the AEW fan base, he's kind of on that level. You know what I mean? It's like 
there's people that are over over like The Rock. He's like like ninety five percent of the country that knows him. And then there's like Sandman and ECW. If you go yes. back and watch ECW and Sandman's in there, oh my god, that crowd is going freaking nuts for Sandman. He doesn't get that reaction anywhere else, but he gets in an ECW. Now Darby Allen definitely gets that in AEW. You know what I mean? It's just so yes. it's that moment. Where Darby and CM Punk are looking at each other, about to lock up, it's gonna be amazing. Point. I mean, but yes, we got stuff to preview. I could talk about this forever, and we'll probably talk about it a little longer on the preview show. Exactly. But we'll quickly move into our dynamite review that took place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Side note, because he was there for Rampage as well. Shout out Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks, the new NBA champions, who. Uh, has shown that he he is both sides in this, where he's made appearances with WWE and he's also made appearances now with AEW, where he got presented an AEW championship while this show was off the air, and he was presented it by Tony Khan, and then he got in the ring and the crowd just like he, I mean, like he's literally their savior pretty much. So like, that that man brought a title to to Milwaukee. I heard a bit of a rumor, just saw it on Twitter that. Uh, that the person Giannis was most excited to meet, all the people in the back, the motion he was most excited to meet was Billy Gunn. Really? Yeah. He's, a, he's an ass man, apparently. I but, guess so, man. But you, you think about it, at his age, you know, you know, Billy Gunn was pretty big thing. So it's Friday. It's, it's cool. You know, somebody's been watching wrestling all their life. I, you know, I like I said, I've seen Billy Gunn was one of those people you saw on TV. I was never like, what you call Billy Gunn was my guy thing. And then at the hotel at All In, he's checked in the same hotel in me uh, as me. That dude is massive. It's well, actually scary because you don't think he is when, you're, yeah. when you watch my TV. Because when you watch your own TV, he just looked like a WWE wrestler. And it's just like, this dude's a legit 6'5", at least 250, 260, solid muscle, and he does not smile. No, like in his personal life, like when he's on screen and other around other wrestling fans. But in that hotel, that dude looked annoyed. And you know what I know? I knew not to do bother him. I said, see you tomorrow and kind of waved you, as, as he walked you past. Saw, <laughs> you saw in your head was when he was on Tough Enough and he was screaming at the the people on Tough Enough. And you're like, nope, not going to get that. He's so huge. He's just so big. And I saw a young Austin gun. And, you know, it was like, just, you know, that's his son, you know. And it was just crazy. Uh, just a weird experience that with Giannis, that would be the most exciting person he was to me. And watching him in the front row, oh, my God. It, 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 you know, I've never been a fan of Giannis, but I became a huge fan because he was marking out, and I fucking oh loved God, it. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. And again, like I've, I've when when the NBA season was going on, and him, and I believe it was uh, Brooke Lopez. Whenever like them in the in the locker room before games would just do wrestling shit, I was like, yeah, this dude's legit. And also, just like his performance in the finals was unreal. Like I, I was a guy who wanted the Suns to win, but I was happy that the series was so tightly contested and. Like, I was fine with either of them winning. But for Giannis, after getting MVP and then, like, not making it far in the playoffs uh, previous years, I think that really meant a lot for him. But regardless, uh, 
Short question. Do you think he'll do more stuff with AEW, or do you think it stops at this, this week? Oh, no, I th- definitely think he does. Uh, I think he's just a wrestling fan. I think he'll do stuff with WWE and whatever else is there if they can work it out. I listened to Tony Khan on uh, Wrestling Observer, and he said how it came down is just Mark Henry knew Mark Henry knew someone that knew someone. And Giannis's workout wasn't going to be done until 7, so he wasn't going to be able to make it for Dynamite. But he was like, hey, do you want to come sit front row for a Rampage? And he was like, sure as hell do. And that's how it worked out. So Mark Henry, you know, from what everything I hear, Mark Henry is like, everything they wanted and more. Like, he, he like under-promised and over-delivered on his backstage role. Hell yeah, which I think that that perfectly sums up Mark Henry, like over-delivered, man. He does so much. But we'll get into the matches on AEW Dynamite in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We opened up with freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy taking on big money Matt Hardy. The whole best friends and uh, Hardy family office feud has been going on for a while, but we actually finally got a match between... Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy. This was, I think, a really good opening match because you had a match that uh, storyline-wise was a little bit lower, like mid-card level feud that was going uh, for AEW, but still featured two people that uh, two wrestlers that people uh, and fans loved in OC and Matt Hardy. And these two guys did really great stuff. I especially loved how, first off, Matt Hardy just had like bills that he would just throw out of his pockets and he uh oc takes one puts it in his pocket and then when matt hardy goes and tries to pick up all the money after knocking down oc that he threw onto the ring he then reaches into oc's pocket and takes it away from him which i thought was amazing uh the side effect on the uh, floor looked seriously stiff that uh, that spot looked really hard but orange cassidy was still able to get uh a nice Sit down, finish, uh, sit down pin on Matt Hardy and just was able to get the three-second pin to get the win. Um, it was a nice little, like, short, quick finish, which I think could lead to this continuing uh, since uh, OC didn't really uh, get... Well, I, well he, I still love that whole pin that he does where he just shoves his hands in his pockets while he's got their legs hooked. It's such a genius uh, way, which seems to be even his new finisher compared to the orange punch because he's just able to pin people perfectly with that. Regardless, OC was able to get the win on Matt Hardy. I think if they continue with this, I think that's fair, but I think it would be fine if this ended here. It would be a solid mid-card feud that they had going with two people that are really loved in AEW. Really fun, solid comedy match. OC looked good. Matt Hardy looked good. Uh, this is a perfect role for Matt Hardy, perfect type of feud for Orange Cassidy as he's kind of in a holding pattern as he gets into his next big feud. Yep, and not really much to go on with that, so we'll move on to the demo god himself, Chris Jericho, coming out after losing his fifth labor of Jericho to MJF, talking about how Last week when he had the chance to sell to beat MJF, he lost and he didn't do it. And it's now the third time he has lost to MJF. And he was talking about it's like biggest week in AEW history. Everyone's been celebrating except for me. And he said that this this loss is just these three losses have stuck in his mind and all he can think of is beat MJF, beat MJF. That he can't beat he couldn't beat MJF, so now in his mind, all he can think of is beating MJF. So he said, you know what? 
I'm, this isn't going to end until I beat you. So all out, one last match. If I can't beat you, maybe I don't belong here anymore. So if you beat me, I will never wrestle on AEW again. Basically become full-time commentator. And he proposes it. You end my career pretty much as a wrestler if you win. MJF comes out with a nice little nod to the Jericho th- three, uh, sh- three, 3-0 shirt that he wore in WCW. Um, and he had his own version of it. MJF talked about how this has been embarrassing for Chris. You should just leave me alone. And now, listen, I said I got to tap out Chris Jericho. That's cool. But saying I ended Chris Jericho, legendary. So that's fine. But if you're putting your career against on the line against a guy who's mopped the floor with you three times, you got to make sure you want this because I'm better than you and you know it. So all out. Chris Jericho, MJF, one last time. If Jericho loses, his career in wrestling is done. Basically becomes a full-time commentator in that sense. We knew it was probably going to lead to this, and I think this is it. I truly think this is it for Jericho. And it's crazy to say, considering how long he's been here and how he literally was the first AEW World Champion of all time. But it seems like he's kind of fading himself out of being in... AEW, he kind of had his last. It, you thing. think it makes sense because yeah. Jericho was the big name. He was the name that built AEW. And if you look at who's coming in, just starting with CM Punk, they're going to be able to fill that spot. They're a little younger. Jericho can uh, go in the back. I when we're going to talk about it in our prediction show, I, I I have a strong feeling this isn't it for Jericho, but we will see. And as far as this segment, I actually have a thought with it in the main event segment that we're going to come back to so we can move on for now, but I am going to come back to a thought. Yeah. So we'll move on real quick to the world tag team title eliminator tournament match. The semifinal match between the varsity blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison versus the Lucha Bros. The winner faces Jurassic Express at AEW Rampage the next night on Friday. And this match was very, very good. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison have been working very well together. Lucha Bros, of course, are one of the best tag teams in AEW. I really see good things in the future for the Varsity Blondes with what they've done. And um, Julia Hart also, I think, could be a good little bright spot in the women's division that um, she's so young that she has so much upside, I feel like, just because of her age, that she just has so much time to put it all together that I think she will succeed uh, a lot in AEW down the road. Uh, The Lucha Bros were able to get the win over the Varsity Blondes, and it would be the Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Bros on Rampage on Friday and that would determine who faces the Young Bucks in a steel cage at All Out. And we'll talk more about the actual match made for All Out when we cover Rampage. So this is a very solid match. Uh, big thing is you are watching people get, uh, you know, younger people get better as they get older. Uh, Varsity Blondes, again, you can tell they haven't worked a lot of the Lucha style. It There was just a few times during the match you thought 
that they had a problem, a few problems keeping up. It might have been built into the match. They might have just, you know, they might have just worked to me. I don't know, but it just looked like they had a few time, a hard time keeping up with Lucha Bros and some of the Lucha style. But guess what? The next time they wrestle the Lucha Bros or someone of that style, you're going to see them get better and better and better. That builds an attachment with the fans. But yes, a solid uh, match for the Lucha Bros. Solid match for Varsity Blondes. Looking forward to what's heck to come. Yeah. After this was Red Velvet versus Jamie Hayter making her return to AEW, getting a match against Red Velvet since Britt Baker and Red Velvet have been continuing their feud slightly, and Jamie Hayter was the one that came and beat up Red Velvet after their match in Britsburg. Um, Jamie Hayter, um, I think she did well in her return back. Um, I think it's just kind of getting to the point where the fans kind of got to remember who she is, and it's a weird thing to say because, again, her look changed so drastically that people did like full on didn't remember who she was when she first came back. And I think that she will continue to be a good asset for the women's division. Red Velvet, I think has so much more upside. Um, I don't know why it seems like not a lot of people are fully behind her. I get that Britt Baker is the one that people love the most and it makes the best sense. She is carrying the women's division, but I still think Red Velvet has a lot that she can provide, and I don't know if a lot of people don't see that. Maybe that's just me. I think Red Velvet could be either – I think she could do both heel and babyface. That's just kind of where I see it. But I do think babyface is where they kind of have her. Maybe it's because she's she is slightly similar to Brandy. I don't like that comparison just because they're the only two black women on the, on the roster. I don't like that, so we'll nix that. Well, besides Jade, of course, but the comparison still stands. But regardless, and Big Swole, and I think Nyla's black. We could go for a few more. Yeah, we could go for a few more. But the comparison is still Red Velvet. Yeah, you know, it's she. Yeah, the complexion is very similar between uh, Red Velvet and Brandy. So she does look like a little version of Brandy. That's just me being 100% honest. Uh, The in-ring, I think Red Velvet is great. I think the biggest problem is, you know, like she's had very solid matches, but like this match wasn't her best work. And everybody has an off night because then I saw her on the NWA card uh, with Kylan King and the tag team, and she was great. And then we saw her in the match uh, with Cody against Jade and Shaq, and she was great. So she had a bit of an off night, and I think the people are just being a little too rough on her. Uh, yeah. I, I I think Jamie's fine. I think I love her as a heater for Britt. And to find out that Britt's kind of found out this week that Britt was kind of the reason she got hired. He, she was the she was the voice in Tony's and everyone's ear to bring Jamie back in. And so I am very excited what they're gonna do for her. It's she's perfect for Britt's character. Uh, Britt has kind of an entourage now, and Britt is a big star, so it makes her even look even bigger. And because of her broken wrist, she doesn't have to wrestle as much. Jamie can be the person that wrestles everyone. Yeah, no question about it. But I think, yeah, like you said, it can be viewed as an off night. And wrestling fans can be a lot more knee-jerk with stuff like this. I think Red Velvet still has incredible upside for the women's division. So let's chill. Let's chill. Yeah, I'm going to say, it's like some people have never started a job. It's like the job I've done for like six and a half years, uh, I have the first six months I sucked. You know, and I'm just glad my boss didn't say, hey, 
I know you've been doing this. You've been doing this six months. Why do you still suck? No, he realized <laughs> there's a lot that comes into it. And in about a year, uh, about a year, 13 months, I got it. And then, like I said, I've been in the same position for almost seven years. I'll, November 10th, it'll be seven years I've been in the same position. And it's just, they you got to invest time in people and you will ultimately get great. I'm, I'm guessing Brian, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and Ric Flair didn't look like they who they eventually became to be in their first year of wrestling. Yeah, well, Punk Punk said that before, like he got in the ring with Eddie Guerrero, and he realized, holy crap, am I bad? Because he thought he was really good when he was really building up steam in IWA, and then all of a sudden, like he gets in the ring with Eddie, and he's just like, holy shit, I've still got so much I got to do. So, like, it's it's still a learning process. Yeah, like even you're the best person to use because you just started a job, and I hope you're not the finished product. You know what I mean? God, no. In the first day, I don't hope you're not the finished product. I yeah, hope they're finished. patient with you and let you get better. Yeah, bro. I I literally have done three different times where I've read through a script um, and just gone through the motions of being on air. And like, I'm still flubbing up some stuff because it's just it's it's a completely new experience because this is the first time I'm actually getting a paid for to do this, and also I'm actually broadcasting this to people. Like no disrespect to college uh, news, but nobody watches that other than people who are in it and um, their families and stuff like that. So regardless, this will be the first time this will actually be watched by people. So I actually have to try a lot more harder. So I will, and again, I will be, I will go in confident, but like I will not be perfect. And I think that's just that's just how it goes. But regardless. Moving on from this match, we had a small backstage segment where Dark Order continues to fall apart, where Alex Reynolds blamed Evil Uno because of how they left Hangman a few weeks ago, and then Evil Uno got angry and insulted Alex Reynolds, and then they kind of walked away, and there still seems to be issues between them. Um, I'm interested to kind of see how far they go with this, because, of course, we're still... I feel like the build is still going to be when... uh, the full gear comes around and I think it's still going to be Hangman versus uh, Kenny Omega for the world title. And I still think that's when it goes. But I wonder if when Hangman has the title, that's when later down the road, the Dark Order possibly implodes. I don't know. But I just, I feel like they can't implode until Hangman has the title. Because then, like, they, or maybe if they do implode, Hangman winning the title is what brings them back together. So one of those two things. Yeah, I just I'm very interested in where this goes. I've seen so many people trying to guess and I'm just like, stop it. Stop trying to guess. Just <laughs> let it happen. I mean, some things you can you some things are predictable and that's good because, you know, they come across and then you get the satisfying ending that you want. But the Dark Order, it's it seems like they're kind of in the middle of their story. And if you can't see where it's going on, Jay, just it's OK. Just wait. They'll get there. Sure. But then we had the first appearance of Dynamite for the best in the world, CM Punk. Getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone, who apparently reports were saying that he was going to be the person that introduced CM Punk at Rampage. I'm glad that didn't go through because I love Tony, but the way that 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 return was done was just straight perfect. And I think kind of having Tony lead into it would have maybe taking the fire away from it a little bit. Not that Tony would have done that on his own, but just the crowd themselves knew what they wanted and they just needed to be given it ASAP. 
and the way they did it was perfect. Regardless, him interviewing CM Punk on Dynamite was incredible because he literally tries to an- ask CM Punk a question, and, to- and Punk just literally goes, I can't hear you, Tony, and made a great little reference to Back to the Future. I'm pretty sure with that, I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. And that was great. And Tony asked him, what What was the one thing more than anything that brought you back to the to wrestling after all these years not being there? And he rattles off Penta, Ray Phoenix, Brian Pillman Jr., Jungle Boy, all those young guys. But before all of those names, it's Darby Allen. And I love how you mentioned you're reckless to a point of destruction. And I look at a guy like you and say, can I still go? Can I still be the best in the world? And if the answer is yes, it starts with you because – He's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not what somebody else would say is a perfect picture of a wrestler. But damn it, he's got heart. And he says, if I'm going to answer all these questions, can I still be the best of the world? To which the crowd starts chanting, yes. Punk goes, that's somebody else's shtick. And you might just have to be a little bit more patient for that. Crowd erupts. This motherfucker is the biggest tease. And he goes, September 5th, all out. It's me and you, Darby. And it's a lot less about proving the haters wrong and more about proving myself right. And sends a nice little kiss to April, to AJ Lee, back home, and celebrates, uh, it's like, just really working it with the crowd. And, man, it's it never gets old, dude. It never gets old seeing this guy just back in his element this is like he retired in his prime and he's back it just never ceases to amaze me and it will continue to amaze me every time he appears on dynamite or rampage and when i see him at all out it's going to be incredible and also we should also make a nod that both on his on his debut at rampage and on this episode of dynamite he had initials written on his shoes uh ac and bw which people have uh, moved to Adam Cole and Bray Wyatt. I swear to God, this guy's got to stop with the teasing because my heart can't take this shit. Regardless, love this promo. Of course I'm going to love this promo. CM Punk is my fucking man. I love this dude so much. I'm so happy he's here. I can't get enough. And it was just great. It was just perfect. Yeah, I mean, Mike in the hands. You know what he said? When the mic in the hands, this is a weapon. You know, and he says that and all he's done since he's come back has proved that statement to be true. He's so good. He knows what to do. He's such a natural on the mic. Legendary, dude. Legendary. Yes. We then had a small backstage segment with TNT champion Miro calling out Mad King Eddie Kingston. Yes. That's all I needed to hear. Bring me the Mad King. That's all I needed to hear. Cannot wait for more of this. More of this. So yeah, this is gonna be your if we uh we're, this is gonna be your never open weight match, dude. Uh, oh don't worry God. about wrist locks or head headlocks in this match. It's gonna be slapping the shit out of each other, and it, it might only last ten minutes, but it's gonna be the most competitive, aggressive, violent ten minutes you've ever seen. Yes. After this was a trios match between Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, and Darby Allen versus Cesar Vanoni, J.D. Drake, and Ryan Nemeth of the Wingman, and. 
Pretty Preeter Avalon was there. Shout out to the boy. This was for Eddie John and Darby Allen to get the crowd hype just being their crazy ass selves. And this was fun enough, I think. This was, you got some good spots like John Marksley biting JD Drake's uh, ear. Uh, I still love the Avalanche Code Red that Darby hits. Um, Eddie Kingston gets hot uh, responses from the crowd. I love that he's so over. Um, Darby. And it's still incredible, of course. They got the win. And then um, after the match, Daniel Garcia comes in at Darby Allen, hits a cheap shot, in which case Kingston and Sting chases Danny Garcia out. These two are still feuding a little bit, which is going to be like some stuff for Darby to do while we build towards him facing CM Punk. Absolutely. Um, This match, you know, it felt like a dark match. But yeah, it, it, it really, really did. did. It did. It felt like a dark or uh, what was it? A dark elevation match. But it was on doing dynamite. It was entertaining enough. Um, you know, I, you know, I have not a lot of thoughts about it. That that was really my only thought is that it looked like a dark match. Yeah, but it was still fun. I think. No, it was absolutely um, fun. Uh, the wingmen are very entertaining. They are lower card heels. They understand. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Stay in their role. And and JD Drake looked like Amish Roadkill from ECW. Yeah, kind of. You know what? I can't even argue with that. After this was Kenny Omega coming out to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Don Callis out with a ridiculous pink suit on, and they go after Christian Cage, saying, "At all out, we take him out once and for all." Christian Cage comes out um, and calls Don Callis a carny piece of shit, and. Basically, just proceeds to uh, do like the typical like baby face of like cracking jokes and really going after the heels and like kind of taking them down a peg. Like the one line where he says, "I don't know what's weirder that you manipulated a ten-year-old Kenny Omega or the fact that Kenny Omega still allows it." And that was an interesting line. But Don Callis fires back at him, saying. You're going to find out what I've known for 25 years. You've been second best your entire career. Just a great line in general. Brandon Cutler then sprays Christian Cage, and then they jump on him, and then the elite hunter, Frankie Kazarian, comes, chases him off, and that wraps up the feud. It was a nice little heel response to Uh, really try to take a piece out of Christian who got the win on Kenny Omega for the Impact title. So he's obviously looking in as like the person that's, that's beat Kenny, so they're taking him down a peg, and... Kenny's going to beat the shit out of Christian and retain the AW world title. Just get his win back against Christian. It's going to be an incredible match, though. Only quick thought. I, I literally laughed until my stomach hurts when he said, do you think you know me? And yelled at him in his face. That oh, was, that was hysterical. Yes. yes. Yeah, that was that was perfect, too. He's Kenny Omega, I, ne- I mean, I did not get to see as much of his heel work in uh, New Japan. He was kind of transitioning to a face as, you know, I got into New Japan. And wow, wow, he's such an obnoxious heel, and I love it. 
Absolutely. Then we got just a crazy-ass announcement from John Moxley announcing a match for All Out in Chicago. He's going to be facing Satoshi Kojima. Holy shit. The strongest arm, the bread club, whatever you refer to him as, former, I believe, New Japan World Champion, Satoshi Kojima. Again, this will be the second match of its kind. Uh, Eddie Kingston's partner, John Moxley, uh, they pretty much fight the same way. This is going to be straightforward. There, there is not going to be a lot of like, uh, rest holds or anything like that. This match, maybe will go 15 minutes, but again, they'll do more in 15 minutes than some people can do in 40. Yes, and he is a two-time IWGP heavyweight champion, so yes. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I knew it, but in that moment, I had that hesitation. Like, I listened to Keeping It Strong Style on our station, like, all the time. And Jeremy Donovan, the head of Social Suplex, is one of the biggest Kojima fans in the world. So I knew he was a world champion. It's just when I started saying it, I was like, is this right? Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Yes, but after this was the small little segment match before the main event. Gun Club, Austin, Billy Gunn, and Colton Gunn uh, facing off against Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, and QT Marshall of The Factory. While Paul White was on commentary for this, this match was so uh, Paul White could get heat with QT Marshall. Um, Although, I gotta say, not sure how I necessarily felt about QT just getting rolled up and pinned because Paul White distracted him because i get it qt's the heel and it would like like take take wind out of his sails and stuff like that and he's like he is the heel he's set up to lose but like i don't know man i just thought like him like beating up uh paul white's uh like continuing to get heel heat to like kind of make it seem like a threat would work a little bit better for this match i know it's still like a little bit of like a novelty match with paul white being back at wrestling and stuff like that which is a weird thing to say but I still think, I don't know, I didn't like the idea of him just getting rolled up real quick because uh, Paul White distracted him. Maybe this leads to QT beating up Paul White, to, but I don't know. I don't see that happening, but I don't know. I, I wasn't a massive fan of this segment, but I know why it was there. Yeah, I understand why it's there. I understand why this whole thing is there. It's just so someone that is going through their guide on Sunday, September 5th, and they see a pay-per-view, and they say, oh, Big Show's going to be on this, and they that maybe pushes them. Oh, oh CM Punk's going to be in this. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, Big Show's going to be on it, too. Oh, I'm definitely buying this. That's the point of the Big Show-Paul White match. Or, yep. pa- I mean, Paul White versus QT match. Like, it doesn't matter who was on the side. It could have been Aaron Solo. It could have been me. It could have been you. This is a spotlight for Paul White. No question about it. Uh, after this was a small segment with Dan Lambert fully setting himself up as the manager for the men of the year, all ego, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, just running his mouth, just really working it. And I loved how he still made sure to tie into the fact of why he would be working with these guys, with him being from American Top Team, about how these guys uh, have like MMA and uh, karate backgrounds and all this kind of stuff and making sure he know they know like, Oh, no, it's not just because these guys are heels that I'm aligning with themselves. There's actually a little bit of stuff that ties it together, which I thought was good. I do want to bring up, TK said on Wrestling Observer that he did not know Ethan Page was a double black belt. 
That I mean, that's a complete <laughs> shoot. He had no idea that he was a double black belt. He, then he found it out, and he was like, oh, this works together. Yeah, it really worked out in its favor. And even though I do, I do feel like Ethan Page is one of those heels that doesn't need a mouthpiece, Dan Lambert is a hell of a mouthpiece to have that I don't think you not using him would be a, a mistake. I, I think, think he gives them an extra something. It's yes. like that act was great, but he was missing something. And where you couldn't take it serious, I think Dan Lambert actually adds, makes it where you can take them serious. Yes. I think this is a, a great uh, use of Dan Lambert, and I think it works well with him being with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Finally, main event time for AEW Dynamite. Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, this is what we thought it was. Brock Anderson dying by the hands of Malachi Black, who is still just a beast. I love his look. I love his entrance. It's all great. Um, I, love the, Brock. I love this segment. Yeah. No, it literally, the only thing that would make uh, Floyd love this segment even more is if Cody returned like he kind of had an idea of, but so, it did I, not happen. Uh, see, I was wrong, so you weren't supposed to, that's messed up, brother. No, I'm just kidding. It's Cody. <laughs> it's Cody, man, I can't help you. No, no, Cody didn't show up, but thought about this, this is a perfect segment. R. Anderson actually taking a bump at 60-something with, like, several fuse bones in his neck. He doesn't take a lot of them, so I can handle that it was one. But as an Arn Anderson fan, I'm like, never do that again. You, I need you to take flare bumps where you land on your side. Don't know. No, but he just took the straight flat back bump. That was crazy. And, you know, Aleister Black hit him in the ball. So, you know, it kept. But I loved Arn with the block of the kick. Oh, my God. You know, I was, I was eight again. I was like, seriously, that moment I got giddy. I was eight again. But. Thought process. This is what I was waiting on. Do you feel, just for flow, this is the Smiter gripe, this and the Jericho segment should have been switched? Kind of, yeah. But again, I think Malachi Black is someone they're really putting money behind, though. So I think having him in the main event does work. Although I do think... I think they just wanted to end it with a match as opposed to just a segment. So yeah, leaving that's... it leaving it with that bomb that Chris Jericho's putting on his career on the line, I felt like that's how you go off the air. That, I do think that is the way you should go yeah. off, but I think it's just straight up because yeah. they didn't want to end with, without a match. Oh, oh, my God. So I can say I can say that I've seen my, one, my favorite wrestler growing up, son, main event uh, TV show wrestling match. Brock Anderson was in the main event of a dynamite. That is crazy to think about. I know it didn't last long. He didn't look strong. Blah, blah, blah. You can go through that all day. But Brock Anderson was in the main event of a major wrestling company's main TV show. Yeah. What? Six matches in? I think this was his seventh match. He was five and one. And this was his first singles match, and it happened to be against Malachi Black. I'm just saying there has to be some trust there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. No, I, I'm just saying the uh, the fanboy in me was, you know, because, you know, Bro- 10 years, Brock's my guy, you know. So, uh, you know, so it was just a fanboy in me just, like, getting up because I'm literally I'm like, I watched your dad main event WCW like Saturday mornings with the TV title and now I'm watching the sun like 30 years later feels like 
main eventing a major network on TNT also. The same family of networks. Yeah, it's it's nuts to think, really. It really is. And Lee Johnson came out afterwards and chased Malachi Black off. I'm sure they'll have a match somewhere down the line. But it's it's going to lead to when Cody comes back, whenever he decides to come back. Um, but we'll see We'll see how that goes. I, I know Floyd has it in his mind what he thinks Cody might return, I think. You know, I, you know, I think... And this is this is going to be so weird for you to hear. I don't want you to. I honestly think this card is good without Cody. I think it's like a remarkable yeah. card. I think this is a really. I mean, you talking. You get the young bucks, and you you get the young bucks and another team. We haven't got there yet in the cage match. I just realized we haven't got there yet when I was about to say their name. Uh, so we get that in the cage match. You get Kenny Omega versus Christian, which is in essence a dream match, which they don't have to have worry about commercials and things like that. You get Miro versus Eddie Kingston, John Moxley versus Kojima. It's just like it's something for everybody. So I, I just think maybe you save Cody for a dynamite. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And I think there's just so much on this all out card. Like right? there would be huge, but I think it's not even, there's too much. Yeah, so that's much. exactly it. I almost think it would be overshadowed by everything else that happens. So if you have it on a dynamite where it's the main thing, it'll get the focus that it deserves. Yeah, I truly think that, but Moving on real quickly, we have AEW Rampage, which took place two nights ago from the night we're recording this. We opened up with the World Tag Team Eliminator Finals, Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros. Winner faces the Young Bucks in a steel cage at All Out for the AEW Tag Team titles. Again, gotta say, because I will say it consistently until they change it, because it's the only thing I don't like, four-man booth, Still too much. I love Excalibur. I love Taz. I love Chris. I love Henry. Too many people on on commentary. I don't know who needs to go away because I wouldn't make that call, but someone's got to go. Three-man booth. I I don't love either, but I just don't think three-man booth. Even though they were better this week. They were better. I will pick a person. Taz is already the voice of Dark, right? Mark Henry was brought in to be on um brought in to be on rampage excalibur mark henry chris jericho done there you go there's floyd's thoughts on you you won't you won't meet a person that loves taz more than anybody and i love him on commentary if you gave me the choice excalibur and taz would just do the commentary for rampage but you brought Mark Henry in. This was going to be one of his jobs. So he's one, right? Excalibur's kind of your play-by-play voice. He's the other one. Chris Jericho makes more sense than Taz. Yeah, and like it seems like that's commentary maybe what he does for a long time now. So yeah. we're going to have him with doing with stuff with AEW other than like manager work or behind-the-scenes work or training. This is something he will do. Uh, I w- I, okay. I know he made the joke about it and and on the show, but I really need him to quit yelling at everything. Because if yes. everything's the greatest thing ever, then nothing's the greatest thing ever. Yes, that moderation is what I need from, from Jericho. I love him to death, but yes. Um, getting into the actual opening match, though, which MVP fin- NBA Finals, 
MVP Giannis was marking out during this match, which really helped, I think, sell these two teams as being so good because, I mean, fucking Giannis was losing his shit over this match. And all all credit to that, yes, because this match was great. This was a hell of an opener. These guys fought tooth and nail. False finishes galore with this match. And these guys just worked so this is this is the type of match that you see for a finals for a tournament. I think this this really set it up where like these were the best two teams in these in this small little tournament. And like if you went to the uh, Varsity Blondes and Lucha Bros match was like it seemed like there was just like the one team was significantly better. This is where you saw like like the peak going after who would challenge for the titles. It worked great. I gotta say because I've heard my my lovely sister Sydney had massive issues with the winners of this match the lucha bros because i mean according with her i mean we were at all out 2019 when right. we saw the escalera de la muertes match for the uh triple a titles and i freaking love that match One and that's the last time they've had a two-on-two match that's true that is very true but they have had matches on pay-per-view a good amount and Sydney really wanted to see Jurassic Express because, I mean, she thinks they should be the team that's pushed to the moon and back. I felt like Jungle Boy is being more so positioned to go for the TNT title. That's my thought, at least. Because I could see Underdog against Miro, Jungle Boy actually being the guy that gets it over. I think that would be huge. Because I think Jungle Boy is the type of person who could do that. And he's over to the point where it would be believable and people would be fine with it. Um, and I think, I don't know, there's a small part of me that thinks the Lucha Bros beats Young Bucks. I don't think they will, but there's a small part that thinks, because I just feel like they're one of the best teams to do it. They've been in AEW since the start. I think, I don't know. I just think it just, it, in my mind, it makes a lot of sense, but I do think they're going to keep the Young Bucks title run going a little bit longer. But I, regardless, this match on Rampage was incredible. I th- I'm still excited regardless of if we've seen Lucha Bros and Young Bucks live before in a gimmick match. I don't care. It was so good. I am more than happy. I eat the same food pretty much every single day. I am happy getting the same of something that's already good. It's like me loving Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like, obviously, I like a story behind it. But if you give me a Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens match, I will not complain. I just will always say, if it's got story behind it, it's even better. So the match was amazing. I want to say that first. Ray Phoenix continues to make me question gravity and what I consider good because he's so amazing at everything. Uh, the Canadian destroyers that they pulled off on the apron oh and then Lord. one on the inside with Lucha Source was amazing. Uh, when he caught him in the uh, snare uh, snare trap, that was pretty awesome. Just how he transitioned into the move. The finish was great. Loved the match. Thought the match was great. Uh, I think Dave said he said it at like four and a quarter. He might have actually had a rating on this week's, but he was like, man, I heard it's a legitimate four-star match. I thought it was a really good match. I don't know how you feel about the star ratings, but I just thought it was a really good, exciting match. I mean, if you listen to this show, this I mean, you should have been spoiled on what was happening because I literally said, it's going to be Young Bucks and Blue Lucha Bros. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Oh, Tell yeah. Me, yeah. I broke it down. That was going to be London Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. Tell Sydney I'm disappointed she didn't listen to the show. 
Because she wouldn't have been surprised because I'd already said it was going to happen. I am Paul Heyman. This is not a prediction. It was a spoiler. Uh, Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, three live, like the first two-on-two matches. So Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, three live on pay-per-view. First time was that double nothing, the first show. Second time was that all-out in the ladder match. Third time is at Hall Out in a cage match. You want to talk about the three stages of hell. Young Bucks won the first match. Lucha Bros won the second match. Oh, my God. Who does the third? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be outrageously good, and I'm I'm stoked for it. Um, I don't think this is an issue for Lucha, for Jurassic Express. They are still over as hell. They will be tag team champions very soon, I'm sure, down the road. But again, I think the focus right now is Jungle Boy getting a singles run because he's shown that he can go. I think AEW's put a lot of stock in him. And am I wrong in thinking that he could be the guy that beats Miro? Oh, no, no. And it's the thing is they're building Miro as such a monster. Like such this god level of monster, like he like he is chasing down his opponent and making his challenges. If whoever beats Miro is going to be, it's going to use to elevate. I mean, Jungle Boy has lost a lot of close matches, so he could be the one. And what if he was the one that taps out Miro, or you know, however he wins? But it, I think it could be that next step for Jungle Boy. Yeah, speaking of Miro, the TNT champion was going to get interviewed by Tony Schiavone. But while he was coming out to the ring, he kicked Fuego and rolled him into the ring and then proceeds to rip off his mask and blast him with a thrust kick. Motherfucker. I loved it. You took something that you shouldn't have. You know, he's talking about the contract. I mean, this is like... Two weeks ago, and they come back to it, and he beat up Fuego for taking something he should didn't deserve because he lost the match, and he was only supposed to get the contract if he won the match. I loved it. I love Miro's character. I love the Redeemer. I mean, it's just, oh, my God. So it's just such a great character for him, just a person that literally just I am better than everyone. So, yeah. Yeah, no question. And then Eddie Kingston quickly came into the ring, and they were swinging at each other. They got separated. And I don't know when we're going to get this match, but it's going to happen, I know. But going in afterwards, we had the Bunny taking on Tay Conti. Um, and this was a very, very strong match, I think. Uh, interesting enough, I thought the the whole pairing that we saw at the end was a little bit interesting. I guess it's just supposed to be like setting up a partnership going into the battle royal at all out that they're having uh penelope ford comes in and slides bra- brass knuckles to uh to the bunny and proceeds to uh use those on Tay conti get the win and the bunny and penelope ford uh celebrated in the ring and that was the finish um Tay conti i think is still good uh bunny has shown herself to be good as well this was a good match i think a nice little uh Rampage match kind of to separate a little bit from what we saw from that opening match. Um, And I guess, like I said, we're going to get a little bit of a just straight up uh, partnership in the Battle Royal for All Out. And um, who knows how well that'll last. Yeah. um, Yeah, I don't really have a lot to add to that. (laughs) 
Okay, well, we'll move quickly on to the main event. Of course, I know they talked about how we were going to hear from Darby Allen and CM Punk on uh, this Rampage. It really amounted to just a video package promoted promoting the uh, all-out match. If you thought they were going to do anything crazy um, after Punk was already on Dynamite, I, I'm sorry. Like, if There's not really much more they can do. I think I'm sure we'll possibly get a face-off uh, with uh, moving down the road with... Uh, rampage but again like i think like this match sells itself there's no need to overdo it i think so if you i mean if you were upset you didn't need to see punk like fully you saw him after the a show went off the air which was incredible if which they uploaded to youtube so watch that because with him christian cage and frankie kazarian in the ring was incredible so check that out if you were upset that he wasn't actually on rampage but AEW champion Kenny Omega teaming with Brandon Cutler to face off against Christian Cage, the Impact World Champion, and the Elite Hunter Frankie Kazarian. This was a good match. I mean, this is a nice match to continue the feud with Kenny Omega and Christian before their match at All Out. Um, Nakazawa, I mean, uh, not Nakazawa, because he was at ringside. Brandon Cutler still shows himself to be a nice little uh, joke of a heel. And um, I gotta say, don't like the dab. Don't like it when anybody dabs in pro wrestling. Um... And I still don't like it. So, Brandon, don't. That's, don't. that's why he does it, brother. That's why he does I it. I don't care. He's don't such care. the cornball. He's such the cornball dorky white guy that tries to be cool. I just, I think he plays the character perfect. And I love it. I love it. You will not find, I, I, I imagine there are a few bigger fans, maybe people that have seen him in California. But as far as the roles he plays and the energy he brings to everything he does, you won't find too many bigger fans of Brandon Cutler than me. Fair enough. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like I said, he does it well. Um, I just hate dabbing in wrestling. So don't do it. That's all I say. Um, but this match was really good uh, as a nice little closer. I still love Frankie, and every time he does stuff, um, I always sh- uh, shout from the rooftops how good he is. Um, I'm glad that he's appearing uh, more and more. Um, I- I'm itching for when uh, we get to see uh, Christopher Daniels back in the ring, because I- if we get to see that, I will freaking lose it. But um, yeah, this is a nice little closing match. Um, Brandon Cutler took the fall. And Christian staring down Kenny Omega after getting the win on the team. Um, and that was the closing to Rampage. Overall, fine enough Rampage. The opening match really sold it. And um, and I think seeing Miro being a heel was also one of the high spots. Although the main event match was good. Um, this was a solid enough Rampage, I think. I thought it was very solid Rampage. Nice follow-up to the, the last week. You were never going to be on that level of last week. So you just come back with a solid show. Great wrestling. A great wrestling show. And that's what you needed. And you had your champion in a tag match against his challenger at All Out. I think it told everything that it needed to tell. 100%. But that is our coverage for AEW Dynamite and Rampage for this week. First off, we're going to go ahead and preview AEW Dynamite 100 before we... Yeah, I had no idea until like I was doing the notes for this show that it was the 100th episode of Dynamite. Yeah, pretty huge thing, just to be honest. Um, first off, we're going to get an in-ring interview with Chris Jericho from Jim Ross. Um, and I will say this actually before we get to everything, because it seems like it's being reported that Jim Ross may be getting phased out of the head commentary role as one of the head commentators for Dynamite uh, moving down the road. I know some people are saying that he may be going back to do backstage stuff with WWE. 
Um, I just got to say, if that is the case, uh, Jim Ross and AEW has been a godsend, and people shitting on Jim Ross can shut the fuck off. Shut up. It's just, he's one of the greatest. It's that simple. My big thing with JR is he's going to be the voice of my life. He's like Vin Scully was for some people. Uh, You know, there were whole lifetimes, a lot of whole lifetimes that went where the only voice you ever called here called Dodger Games or Vin Scully. Jim Ross, for me, is that means wrestling's on. Let's say I, I occasionally he'll do uh, like guest commentary for our OU game. Just he'll come in and talk. And when I hear his voice, I immediately need to watch some wrestling. So, oh, yeah. So for me, he can stay as long as he wants. And, and you know what? And I'll give him every benefit of the doubt. So he missed some names. So he messed up something. So he called, uh, I forgot what it's called, the Red whatever flippy move the canadian destroyer and there wasn't a destroyer whatever dude whatever i i've been doing I, this so long, long dude i don't he's given us so many great moments that like slip-ups mean nothing to me yes like, and it's like literally been the voice of a generation you're like if someone does a cutter and there's literally six different character based names for that cutter <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it could be the RKO, or it could be, uh, I forgot, uh, the, the butter, cu- yeah, or the Bubba Cutter, or whatever, Jay Lethal's move. And I'm just saying, he's a, he's 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 up there. He's not a young person, so I'm okay. I'm gonna forgive it because he's still like my grandpa. Or actually, he's probably closer to my dad. I'm old. I keep forgetting that. He would be my grandpa. He would be your grandpa. But he's like my dad talking to me. Hey, you know, you've heard the story so long that you can fill in the blanks. And that's what I kind of do when it comes to Jim Ross. 100%. But that, he will be having an in-ring interview with Chris Jericho. Tony Schiavone will have an interview with MJF. The Elite will take on the Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express teaming together. And Will Hobbs will face off against Brian Cage. OC faces off against Jack Evans, and we'll get the blow-off match between FTR and Santana and Ortiz, which we did get to see uh, Cash Wheeler back in a, in a video package with his arm still taped up saying, like, uh, he's not firing up uh, all of his uh, muscles in his hand still, but he still wants to fight. So we're going to get that FTR-Santana and Ortiz match. Um I gotta ask Floyd, um, like, because, again, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. Do you think how how... From your fan perspective, I think he, think? I think he got cut deep, but he's, it's wrestling work now. Yeah, I was gonna say, you think he's still no? If he had continue actual nerve damage, they would not let him wrestle. I was gonna say, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, mean, I know they're working it up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, I'm just like, if you have actual nerve damage, you shouldn't be wrestling. You shouldn't be wrestling. You know. I mean, this feud could wait. No, but it's it's wrestling work. There's nothing wrong with it. I love it. They're they're very old school. I mean, seriously, their former name was the Revival, so they're a very old school type team. They treat it like this. I mean, Dax saying that they're gonna retire. Uh, Cash like oh, I'm coming back. They got this like wrestling like this MMA type video with uh. Uh, Kanye West no one should have all this power and I love it and it's just such a great feel it's such a big match feel and it's like they're kind of doing it on their own but AEW's behind it 
And yeah, it, I kind of want this to main event. Yeah, it should be main event because it's like they've built up for this over months, and we didn't in Charlotte. We didn't get the tag team match we were supposed to get. I mean, unfortunately, a freak accident. You know. Again, he's landed that way and not hit his arm so many times. He probably can't count. Freak accident. But you know how they say sometimes accidents happen for a reason? Well, this accident caused it to where I'm in second row for two of my favorite, my, literally my two favorite tag teams wrestling against each other. Seriously. So, um, happy accident. I'm glad Cash is okay, though. Now, like, 100%. I'm glad Cash is okay. If anything would have been damaged, you understand that that would have broke me as a, as a, as like a pretty much as diehard as you can be FTR, FTR fan. It would have broken me if something was seriously wrong with that man. No question about it. But that was our Dynamite 100 preview. Floyd will go through our last little highlights and headlines that we have for AEW uh, leading into AEW All Out Weekend. Hey, first I want to say, if you are a Wrestling Observer subscriber or know someone with the account, find a way to listen to Tony Khan's interview uh, with Dave Meltzer from Friday. Oh my God, so in, oh, I think it was Saturday. Uh, so insightful, just so, just how, how, he, uh, how he thinks. It really is like it really is like, you know, a kid with a video game. He's just like, I'm just trying to put on a wrestling show. And he's like, he's trying to reach this certain level of points. And he's just going to keep going. And I love it. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, second, PWTs announced PWTs versus AEW Celebrity Softball Game Thursday, September 2nd at 8 p.m. at Wintrust Field in Schaumburg. There will be a meet and greet from 5 to 7 on the baseball field. Uh, only the first 100 fans for each person gets a meet and greet because it's only like a two-hour window. Um, uh, AEW's Friday, September 3rd and 4th at the Renaissance Schomburg Convention Center Hotel. That's AEW Fan Fest. Uh, buy a ticket to Fan Fest. Um, these, uh, yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know because I don't think they've advertised this. If you get your general admission and you don't want to buy an extra meet and greet, uh, there are free meet and greets for each day. On the third, you can meet Lee Johnson, Nick Camarado, and uh, Aaron Solo, Abaddon, as I spelled abandoned on accident, Private Party, Will Hobbs, and Diamante, and you can meet them free of charge. So it's just the time to stand in line. I, as a person that has done this before, little insight. I mean, you're only going to have like four hours. I believe it's like 11 to three. Uh, you're only going to have a certain amount of time. You're probably at most going to meet two people because the free lines are going to fill up fine. If you could come up with, you know, cash or whatever to get in the pay lines, you're probably going to have a little quicker experience uh, because the free lines fill up the fastest. Uh, then on the fourth, the free people are Anthony Bowens. Then five and ten. The Wingman, Chaos Project, Brandon Cutler, Daniel Garcia, Austin and Colton Gunn, Big Swole, Jamie Hader, Top Flight 2.0, and TH2. Those are the free ones, right? So there, if you go, if you go to the AEW ticket site and um, check out the third and fourth, they got all the all the people that you can pay to see are there. That's why I'm not listing those people. They're all there. 
these are the free people. It was a little harder to find. So I actually had to go into a link on the AEW site to see uh, the list of free people. So I want you to uh, know that you can still have a good time, whether you are a general admission, VIP, or whatever. You will be able to at least probably meet one of your favorite AEW wrestlers at least. Perfect. And with that, that will be the end of this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and be sure to get ready for our next episode, which will be coming early before we make the trip out to Chicago for All Out. It will be an absolute blast, so be sure to keep that locked in and be prepared for that episode. Again, continue to download this show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms. Share us with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. It really means the world. Leave a rating and a review. You can leave a donation through Red Circle. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. And be sure to check out all their other podcasts. I am at Austin Sumowitz. S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter, and I will let my boy Floyd take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. Dude, uh, this week I'm going to go a whole different way and just say we are heading into the fall. Football season is coming. Make sure you're rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Florida State Seminole. No, just kidding. I just want everybody to enjoy their fall, enjoy their football season as we head back to school. But always remember, I'm going to add this every week until we can finally stop adding this. Make sure you're wearing your mask. Get vaccinated if you don't. Uh, uh, Pfizer got approved. Boosters are coming. Do all that stuff and treat each other well. But in the end, as always... Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.